to the glory in our stories. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Miss Tia Moss. afternoon and good evening. This is another episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Uh, today, this is episode 39. And today, we'll be speaking with Miss Tia Moss. Um, as always, begin each podcast and give a brief history uh, concerning how I met my guest. Um, I think it was a couple of, more than a couple of years ago. Um, I think my mom actually taught you. Is that right? My oh, sister. It's your sister. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I was close. Um, and I guess you knew about my mom through your sister. Yeah. Um, my mom used to teach in, in Warrington, uh, which is about maybe 20 minutes outside of Thompson, um, heading west towards Atlanta. Um, but I, um, I was intrigued because she's done a lot of growing up, uh, maybe in the last, almost last couple of years, um, experiencing life. Uh, learning new things, obviously, about yourself in general, like as like we always do, or like we all do. Um, uh, but the cool thing about that is that you end up finding things about yourself that you didn't know before. Um, this could be a little bit challenging. It could be overwhelming. Um, but the awesome thing is that, that these aspects have been a part of you the entire time, and it's like you're now being exposed to them. And I know with all of us, it can be um, frightening at first, um, but it's just your way of progressing. So, uh, but again, this is the glory in our stories where it's basically about extraordinary stories from ordinary people. Um, One thing that, everything that overlaps within every episode is this ability, this experience of being a human being. And I love giving people different perspectives of different people's of, of lives from different people that way they can understand who you are now and where you've coming coming from and where you're going and i wanted to take this opportunity to uh pick tia's brain for an hour uh concerning her life and what she's going through and where she um is headed um so i'm gonna go ahead and and jump right into. It. I really appreciate you taking your time. Um, she was just telling me about her commute to work, and I thought mine was bad. I mean, waking up, um, <laughs> waking up at five, and having to leave the house at six—that's that's that's a lot for me. And I only have to travel forty minutes. She just told me she has to travel about three hours. So, yeah. Uh, kudos to you. Uh, much you. <laughs> much respect. I couldn't do it. No, no, I couldn't do it. Get used to it. Mm, I might die. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and ask the first question, like I always ask. Um, so, um, I, well, I guess I asked you this: Did you were you born in Thompson? Yeah, I was. And um, did you spend the multitude of your childhood there? Did you move around, or was no, that? I spent well. I was in Thompson, and then like my uh, second grade, when I was in second grade, I moved to Warrington, and then after that, my fifth grade year, I moved to Soperton, Georgia, and then I came back to Thompson for my sixth grade year. 
Where is that located? Which part? Um, Which one? So, Silverton? Yeah. Like, uh, Vidalia. Uh, oh, man, I heard it. It's out towards that way. Vidalia, um, something else out there. I can't remember. Which direction is that headed? Because I remember passing that. I'm not sure. I think it's like, I'm not sure. It's like, I don't know. And is that where was it? Uh, Body of Your Onions came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've heard of the I heard yeah. of onions, but I didn't know it was an actual place. Yeah. Until we passed it when we were driving. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you said that because it seems like it's um it's typical for you to be, especially maybe in a small town, to be raised in in one place and have an outside city where you end up going to school to. Right. Because we start, we were. We came to Thompson, mm-hmm. but since mom worked in Warrenton, we mm-hmm. started school there. Gotcha. But we ended up going back to school in Thompson. Gotcha. Um, primarily because all of us were getting bullied. <laughs> um, not to shed any shade on Warrenton, but um, we were getting older, and I think it was more convenient for us to go to right. school in Thompson, even though mom still had to travel. Yeah. Um, but... Um, if you did, you have a preference as a as a child as far as where you rather go to school. No, I actually mm-hmm. liked moving around when I was little. Um, moving around because you just you didn't stay in one place for long, and mm-hmm. you got to meet new people. So that's why I enjoyed actually moving from place to place. Did you find it difficult to maintain like relationships with friends or? I don't think they really mattered when I was little. Like, well, yeah. you know, I didn't really see the importance of actually friendship back then. So mm-hmm. you know, it didn't really bother me. So what would, what type of what would, what type of child would you say you were? You type do you are you okay with um I guess just having fun being by yourself or like when you were an introvert extrovert did you find yourself um, being in the shadows most of the time or were you at first you I was like spoken? in the shadows of my sister just because she's the oldest yeah um, so just like oh your sister don't act like this but you act like this so I was always living in her shadow until I just actually just you know just start. The, like coming into me and so I was I was a people person it's just you know sometimes like my moments to myself so that's it I um uh, I can totally vouch for that <laughs> um I didn't realize that was a problem well, I wouldn't say a problem but I didn't yeah. realize that was that was actually that's uncommon for most mm-hmm. people who don't mind being around a lot of people yeah um uh, but with people like with us I guess you can say you could be around a group of people but you can go off to yourself yeah. And you'll be perfectly fine, and because uh, I remember being in, in college, and mm-hmm. I would go to the movies yeah. by myself. I'm like, you going to the movies by yourself? Yeah, that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have confirmed that it actually is weird. Because um, I, because I, I didn't, I just knew that I had a feeling that a lot of the movies that I wanted to watch, mm-hmm. nobody else wanted to see. Gotcha. So I just go, uh-huh. and every every single time, so I say, you going by yourself? I said, yeah. I mean, are you going to see this movie with me? I'm like, no. Go, well, there you have it. Gotcha. Um, I couldn't do that, though. I'm, too, I'm like, too shy. Not really shy, mm-hmm. but just going places by myself. Like, I'm, I get a little shy. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you, uh, when that happens, do you, I guess, ball into yourself and you exclude everybody else? Like, do you go into your own headspace? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do, um, because I find myself doing that too uh-huh. sometimes. Um, because, and I, maybe you can vouch for this as mm-hmm. well. You you approach a situation where there's a group of people, mm-hmm. and what you have to do is you have to fill it out mm-hmm. and say and figure out when's the best time for me to jump in. Right. And there mm-hmm. are sometimes where you're like, "Was well, I don't think is 
a good time at all because mm-hmm. obviously this does not include me right because you feel out of place yeah and when I was younger mm-hmm. I would do that to the point where I didn't say anything at all mm-hmm. so people would automatically assume that uh, either I was completely shy or I didn't speak at all gotcha. or and the messed up thing about that is if you are a girl mm-hmm. you automatically deem as being stuck up yeah and it's that's not the case that's true but sometimes, like, I just used to, uh, I, on the inside, I'm screaming, but I still, like, put myself in, in the situation. Yeah. Like, even though I, I feel uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, but I still try to, you know, put myself there. You perfectly described anxiety. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly how it feels. It's like you're, you're, you're screaming on the inside, but nobody hears you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes you don't even want to hear yourself. Yeah. And um, it's basically the the feeling of trying to break out of something and mm-hmm. finding no way out. Gotcha. And I wonder if, well, have you ever experienced anxiety that you know of? Not that I know. No. Of. Well, I stress about I like little stuff. I stress yeah. to make it bigger than what it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, give me an example. I don't know, just small stuff. Like I, um, I'm a supervisor at Sprint, so um. I have this particular rep who gives me a lot of problems just because she's older and I'm younger. Mm-hmm. And so, like, anytime it comes to like, approaching her, I'm like, oh, it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad, you know, in my head. Yeah. But when I actually do it, it'd be a totally different outcome. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just stress about it, though. That's about it. Yeah. And I guess that's what makes you good for that position because you pay attention to the, the, uh, the details, yeah. so to speak. Because yeah. if anybody else would have did that, obviously they wouldn't do such a good job. Yeah. Um, but it's good that that's coming in handy for you, that characteristic. Yeah. Um, but I know I understand how sometimes it could not work mm-hmm. in our favor. Yeah. Um, I I usually do that, mm-hmm. blow something completely out of out of yeah. proportion, and when you finally get a hold of it, you're like, oh, it's not as bad. As yeah. I well, it would I was be. stressing about it the whole time. So, yeah. yeah. I'm learning how to just you know. Take it one day at a time, not stress about small things or things that I can't change. So Yeah. Yep. And it's funny because that actually, that obviously, it comes with maturity. Yeah. Because when you're young, it's, it's, the, it's the end of the world. Because you know, mm-hmm. your world is so small. Yeah. And sometimes you can only see yourself on it. Right. But as you get older and you mature and you yeah. become wise, you realize I'm not the only one here. Right. So I have to be aware of, of that person and whatever I do will affect them, which means that what they do will affect them. Right. Like, I'm still young, but I just feel like I've been through, like, well, I won't say a lot, but I experienced more than people have experienced my age. And so that's why I'm, like, more well aware of what's going around around me. And I'm pretty certain you ran into older people who automatically yeah. assume, like, she don't know. And you're like, right. yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, all the time, all the time. So uh, what was, um, was there ever a pivotal moment uh, during, like, elementary school, high school? Mm-hmm. Um, where you can actually feel your life shift a little bit when you feel like you maybe were going in a di- different direction or I guess when you started becoming aware of yourself in a sense. Honestly, I would say I just honestly started becoming aware. Like I would say about a couple of years ago, aware. I didn't it really didn't phase me in high school, you know. But just experience, just like really... Made me aware of everything. And it's, uh, I think, because uh, in high school, 
there were a lot of like I noticed the obvious clicks, mm-hmm. and I didn't I I didn't fit in any, fit in any of them. Gotcha. But <laughs> I never attempted to. Right. And I realized that the majority of my high school experience was my fault. Like I literally shut off everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> that wasn't it wasn't good. And I tell people all the time my high school experience was a blur because mm. I only remember bits and pieces. I remember graduation. I remember getting in trouble. The big stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the small moments yeah. that we overlook. Mm-hmm. And um, most of the time we do remember them, but we've suppressed them so much mm-hmm. to the point where even we can't gain access to them right. in our own heads. And um, but, um, but as far as like your own personal interests, well, what, did you, what did you get into like for fun and for entertainment when you were younger? I love to read. So that's basically I did read and try to learn how to play piano and try to play guitar. Uh, when I was in school, I did chorus, musicals. Um, so that's what I threw myself into. And do you still yeah. enjoy that? I haven't had time, well, obviously, yeah. to do anything. Adulting. Yeah, yeah gotta do adulting. That. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> had any time to do anything right now. But if you had a, if you had an opportunity to, I guess, put put aside a time for that, would you invest back in that? Would you do something different? Of course. I mean, because I always, I, I love it. You know, I just haven't had time. So I would definitely, if I had time, you know, actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what were your, uh, what were your expectations concerning life once you uh, graduated high school? I was expecting to go straight to college after I got out of high school. And you know how when you little, you have your, like your whole life plan, like, you know, from what age you want to do this, what age you want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I expected soon I get out of high school to um, go straight to college and then, you know, go through the college and then graduate and then, you know, have the other life. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen for me. Well, it did. I just gave up because I had a scholarship and everything for college. Yeah. Um, but I gave it up for, uh, uh, I want to say for a person, um, but I just wanted to follow that path. Instead of going the college way. And that's, um, when I graduated high school, for some reason, I didn't want to go straight to college. Because yeah. I was... <laughs> to my school? Yeah, like I, was, <laughs> I wanted to... Actually, I was, I was lost. Mm-hmm. I really was. Gotcha. Um, um, the idea of going to college is something that I always wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I felt like I lacked the maturity to take that step. Gotcha. Um, so I just kept working, and I realized that what I was passionate about, I could mm-hmm. go to school for that and enhance yeah. that ability. Right. Getting a job mm-hmm. wasn't my primary focus. Right. Which was made it easier to go through school without having to change my major. Cause right. I know a lot of students, um, and a friend clearly cleared this up, made this clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing was, I said, well, a lot of students probably just started, decided to drop English as a major because it wasn't lucrative. You couldn't find something inconsistent, um, um, financial stability in it. Mm-hmm. But a friend um, told me that with most people, when you do something like with liberal arts or anything like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a clear path. So gotcha. you don't know where you're going. Uh-huh. You know you can start here, but you don't know what's on the other side. Gotcha. And for parents, they're like, um, you need something that you've actually got a roadmap right. for. Gotcha. And that that overwhelmed me. Gotcha. And um, 
And it's funny that you said that because I think a lot of mm-hmm. young women end up doing that, yeah. putting aside what they, um, the opportunities that they were presented to them yeah. uh, to uh, make themselves available for a, I wouldn't say an idea, but a concept, yeah. something much bigger right. and more broad. Right. But it wasn't the initial decision. Exactly. Did you have anybody in your life that tried to like talk you out of it? Because I... Like going to college or that? Deciding to do something different. Um, no. Actually, everyone was for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never like, oh, you're too young to do this. You're too young to do that. It was just, okay, as long as you're happy, you know, do what you're going to do. Yeah. That was it. And I think that response actually helps mm-hmm. because that lets you know that people are really concerned. But yeah. their biggest concern is making sure that you're okay with the decision that you right. make. Right. Opposed to you just doing whatever is expected of you. Right. And um, I think that's the same um, feedback mom gave yeah. us, fortunately. <laughs> Man. Gotcha. It was, um, there was a instant, there was a lot of instances in school where mom could have easily said, no, you need to do this or you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's funny having, coming from an educator's perspective, you would mm-hmm. think she would push, push us to yeah. do certain things. Right. But she, she wanted us to have that liberty. Yeah, and I'm glad that you had people in your life that did that because yeah. if not, that decision would have been completely different. Totally different. <laughs> completely different. Right. Um, but once you did make that decision, mm-hmm. obviously there wasn't any instant regret. Or, right. But it was just okay. This is what I'm doing. This is what right. I'm deciding to do. Right. And um. But at, was that at any point in the beginning mm-hmm. where you saw things? probably not going the way that you expected and you wanted to uh, possibly shift back to what you originally wanted to do? Or did you say, yo, I'm just going to ride this out and see where it's going? I said I was going to ride it out to see where it's going. You know, I didn't see, foresee what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I was going to ride it out. And at one point, did you, because uh, that, because <laughs> I, I know I can relate to that, that, that moment where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. And sometimes circumstances happen. Mm-hmm. It causes you to get to that point. Right, right. But once you turn around, you mm-hmm. say, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And in the process, you do have to neglect Mm-hmm. Not just an idea, mm-hmm. but people. Right. Um, and sometimes that, it sucks. It really sucks. But would you say that making that decision was probably one of the best decisions you made? Yes. I definitely <laughs> would say that. Um, just because I found out who I am, what I like, you know, not from anyone else's point of view. I found out what Tia likes to do and what, you know, what all about Tia right now. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy that. Even though at first I was sad, you know, mm-hmm. but I believe everything happens for a reason. And so I'm just, I'm happy that he did, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really happy now. That's good. Yeah. And, um, cause a lot of, I know some people would say, I don't, I don't think people probably don't understand this mm-hmm. before you can actually do something else. If you don't take care of yourself, right. you lose yourself right? and you get lost in the debris of everything else that's happening. Right. And I was definitely losing myself. Definitely listen to myself. Now, did you have anything that helped you along the way? 
Um, God. Yeah. <laughs> Praying to God and my family had that support. Um, that was basically, and I threw myself into my work. So yeah, yeah, that that actually helped me. I shifted my focus on something else, and you know, that helped me through it. That's what um, I'm going back to mom. Like mom, <laughs> <laughs> that's what mom did. Um, with us. Mm-hmm. Um. She um, and I'm glad that she did, but her, her response mm-hmm. was the same. It, yeah. was, it was God. Yeah, uh, they got her through where she where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything was bad at home, when mm-hmm. she got to work, mm-hmm. it, it it all went away, even right. if it was for six or eight hours. Right, right. Um, because she knew that what she was doing was um, God's calling in her mm-hmm. life. So when she fulfilled that, she was fulfilling that void mm-hmm. that we all have when right. we don't do that. Right be that that sense of obedience mm-hmm. but it's the it's the uh it's the part that you actually enjoy right and i'm glad that you said that it's time for you mm-hmm. and it's never too late right it's never too late because a lot of people would assume that you probably try to figure that out before mm-hmm. figure it out in the middle right or you figure it out in the end right and i realized that um a couple of months ago that all of us have um, three things in our lives, and this leads to the uh, your third question, mm-hmm. uh, which is the concept of your passion. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's it's always the the what, mm-hmm. the why, and the how. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is that you were created to do, mm-hmm. whatever it is you have burning inside you every single day to wake up to mm-hmm. and go to bed, possibly doing as well, mm-hmm. is your passion. And then you you're equipped with it when you're young, right. which is that what. But it gets to a certain point where you're like, why do I have this? Mm-hmm. And then you figure that out. Yeah. And then you ask yourself, so how am I going to use this mm-hmm. to not only better myself, but anybody else around me? Right. And it sounds like it's time for you to figure out the the why. Mm-hmm. And once you, and I, it looks like you're in the process of doing that. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a joyful, it's a joyful experience. Right. And. It's funny because I was just hearing about people complaining mm-hmm. about uh, <laughs> the Mary J. Blige. They were like, man, I loved it. Uh, when Mary J. Blige was just making music about being sad, man. I, just, <laughs> I miss it, man. But I'm thinking like, but you don't want to live in that right. your entire life. Right, At exactly. some point, you want to focus on you right. and get yourself together. True. And put yourself in a in a position of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like that's what you're, uh, what mm-hmm. you're doing now. Yeah. Um, when did you um, start? Wait. Going back to that question, so do you? What is your passion? If you could describe it, what right now my yeah. passion is <laughs> um, become an interpreter translator for American Sign Language. Um, that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while, um, but I just got to take the steps to get there. Um, reason why I want to be become interpreter translator for American Sign Language because there's not many people out there who's, you know communicating with deaf people i feel like they have a voice and their voice need to be heard as well yeah um i don't know i just i don't know that's just something i've been interested in since i was little so i mean i I haven't had anyone in my family that's deaf but i used to see people you know um who was deaf and you know speaking with their hands and i'm just like oh how they do that you know and i was always interested from them so that's one of my passions right now they recently I i haven't seen the video but there was a woman who was interpreting a concert. Yes. And they said she was, they were more um, entertained by her right. than the actual performers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> of course, like years ago, they had mm-hmm. the interpreter that was interpreting for, I think, 
somebody in the uh, upper office, mm-hmm. and they said that his sign language wasn't coinciding with. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. I yeah, remember that. yeah. And uh, it was a huge uproar, which, yeah, like you said, is shedding light on the importance of communication right. with people who can't hear. Right. And screwing that up, obviously, is a big thing. Right. Exactly. And um, but um, it's funny because. I've actually, I think I ran maybe into a couple of people who were, I know somebody that I work with. Oh, yeah? I'm I'm pretty certain she is deaf Mm -hmm. because she has that that particular speech. Ah, gotcha. But I realized that they've, They've trained themselves to read lips right. as well, right? And that that could be kind of <laughs> intimidating because you uh-huh. can't really whisper, right? They they hear you, right? Exactly. They see you, yeah. Um, but honest, I've never actually met anyone who was passionate about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely, crazy. Definitely. What? So what? What's what sparked that? Or you just something that just you always wanted to do? I, I just was always curious, like people talking with their hands, how was that even possible? And so, I don't know. And then this show came out on ABC Family Switch at Birth. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me fall in love with it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the only thing that, that's how it sparked my attention, though, honestly, with it. I remember uh, watching that, and it was the um, it was the girl with the red hair. She was the one that Yeah. Yeah. But she would get mad and she would like, oh, yeah. oh, I love that because she had to emphasize her words. Right. And you can just, you can feel it when right. her hands hit her palm. And her um, her best friend, the guy that, it, he liked her, didn't he? Uh, no. Which one? No. Oh, man. What's his? Because he was, he was his, deaf too. I want to say his name is Emmett. I think that's it. <laughs> was, was that her friend or her? That was her friend. They grew up together. Yeah. 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 And um, he, uh, seeing him get emotional mm-hmm. like that, and um, even if, uh, even if you knew what he was saying, mm-hmm. you feel it. Now that, right, that, and right, that's, right. that's the point of communication. Not just right. something you hear or listen to, but right. something you actually feel. Exactly. And I really enjoyed that, that yeah. aspect of the show, <laughs> right. is, is seeing um, how they spoke to each other playfully mm-hmm. or whether they're in a serious manner. Right. Um, but I, and basically and just how they go about their everyday life, you know. Yeah. Because they can't hear, so they got to put their phone, have the flash on their phone so they can see or have it on vibrate so they can feel the vibration versus, mm-hmm. you know, sound and whatnot. So, yeah. I remember seeing the, uh, there was another video of a little girl who got a hearing aid mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. and... I guess she was partial. I think she was deaf on the left side. Mm-hmm. So the doctor was whispering to her, and she she heard him. Uh-huh. And her mom was holding the camera, uh-huh. and she was crying. Oh, and she was like, "Oh, don't cry, mommy. Don't cry." Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. And she, was, I'm okay, because she had a bear, uh-huh. and she was making sure that the she was concerned about her bear gotcha. more than their, her uh, <laughs> yeah. earpiece. Um, but I was just amazed at how um, doctors are able to tap into technology and, right. and utilize that right. so that they can hear just like we can. Right. Um, they, as if they are different. <laughs> and it's hard not to say that, um, but it's just um, we obviously take things for granted. Right, right. Um, the small and, stuff. And communication is the biggest key. And, right. lack, and the lack thereof can change the entire, entire situation. That's true. Um, have you ever have you ever met anybody that was interested in this as much as you are that you've had um, conversations with that you can have a dialogue about 
uh, because like this is cause I've mm. never actually talked to anybody <laughs> about sign language. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, no, I, everyone just like, oh, okay, that's interesting, or they'll say, well, I never met anyone who who interested in something like that. Yeah. But other than that, it's not really like on people's minds, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, not, I haven't met anyone who's just like passionate about it, just the same way as I am. So what's the um, what's the the um, the course name in in school in the, in the university? It'll be um uh, only thing I've come up with it just on under communication or sometimes just it's just literally just ASL. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it just depends on what school they have different names for it. You just really have to just go through and do digging on it. Um but yeah. So how would they um how would they place you as far as employment once they like say Vince you got your degree in it and mm-hmm. how would that go about? Honestly, because I love what I do now as mm-hmm. working in sales, um, just because I'm a people person, so it's easy for me to talk to people and, you know, and, and sell to them. So, like, when I was in Washington, like, I had a lot of deaf customers coming in, mm-hmm. and and it, like, made me feel some type of way, like, bad for them because they always come in with a pen and paper. Yeah. They just automatically just start writing. And so... What I did, I learned, I went on YouTube and learned how to say, my how, hi, my name is Tia, and like and like do like the basic stuff. So once I did that, when they came back in, they used to like be happy, you know, that I'm actually trying to communicate with them and not just, oh, here you go, pen and paper, you know, and try to talk to you that way. So, yeah. Yeah. That happened a lot when I was at Target. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would see it mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, man. Like I didn't. It's not like I didn't have patience. It right. Was just, it's not something you're used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I should take lightly. Right. Like everything depends on what they write on that piece of paper. So I have exactly. to take everything in. And at that point, obviously mm-hmm. they were lip readers. Mm-hmm. But then again, I think they knew that I probably didn't speak a sign language. Mm-hmm. Obviously through the introduction. Yeah. So they were like, "Well, I can't communicate right. via um, sign language, so mm-hmm. I have to write this down." Right. And um. Have you ever seen um, Lightning Jack? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Um, oh, what's that? <laughs> it's, it's an old movie. I think maybe from the early 90s. With uh, It was Cuba Gooden Jr. And this guy that played uh, Crocodile Dundee. You remember him? Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. Before uh, my time. I just <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is. Because I'm, I'm getting up there. Um, the movie is about... It's a, it's a cowboy... Mm-hmm. And um, Cuba Gooden Jr. is also a cowboy, but is during a time uh, pre-emancipation, um, I think, mm-hmm. obviously. So he was being, I think it was, it might have been after, after, but because he couldn't mm-hmm. talk, people were taking advantage of him. So he always carried a notepad with him mm-hmm. and um, he would communicate Via that, he would draw pictures, mm-hmm. draw his words, but that the entire movie he didn't talk, which was pretty certain was difficult. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Lightning Jack, which was the cowboy's name, mm-hmm. he gotten so used to it because he had gotten irritated upon mm-hmm. first meeting him. Like, hey man, you gonna have to say Got something. To, yeah. So like, I don't know, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But he knew that was the only way that he can communicate, which would um, cause him to uh, fine tune his senses. Mm-hmm. And um, there was also another movie with. Um, it was Richard Pryor and the guy that played Willy Wonka. You remember him? Yeah. He he um he was he was deaf, mm-hmm. and um. Richard Pryor was blind, and they had to use each other mm. <laughs> throughout the movie. But it's funny how, like I said before, we take stuff like that for granted. Right, right. 
And uh, oh man, um, sad, but it's messed up. I don't think she used anything else. Uh, Maya Angelou, mm-hmm. when she was eight years old, mm-hmm. um, she was raped. Mm-hmm. So she uh, ended up saying something. I think she said his name mm-hmm. or something, and he ended up getting killed. Mm-hmm. So she thought her words had power. Right, right. So she didn't speak for five years. Mm-hmm. And she finally opened her mouth, and when she did, that's when she got into poetry. And that was a form of expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I've only been around a couple of people who didn't speak verbally. Oh, yeah? It wasn't something that we were used to. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously something, like you said, we obviously overlook most of the time, especially right, right. when we are dealing with people. Right. Because the only way we can do our job mm-hmm. is if you tell us what the problem is, so right. we try to fix it. Right. Uh, but being concerned about that, mm-hmm. that's obviously very important. Yeah, most definitely. Very important. Yeah. So um, within the last... So how long has it been since you graduated high school? Hmm, just four years. Four years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's crazy. Just four years. And yeah. um, is, if in those four years, it was if there's anything that you wish you would have done differently, or are you thankful that those things happened and it led to where you are now? So much can happen um, in four years. Um, you obviously see, as you continue to listen, you hear Tia um, speak about her advancement from the time when she left high school to where she is now. And it's it's pretty cool seeing somebody go through that transition and have them come out the other side. Um, and it's, you, you can never really see anybody's scars until they reveal them to you. And um, But yeah, continue to listen to episode 39 of The Glory in Our Stories featuring Miss Tia Moss, I hope you uh, continue to tune in. Uh, this is a very, very strong young lady, and I told her myself, um, I'm very proud of how far she's come, um, despite all shortcomings. So continue to listen. Yeah, people always ask me that. Um, do I regret anything, or you know, I don't regret anything, just because I wouldn't be where I am today uh, without those things happening. Um, so I'm just very grateful that everything happened the way it happened, even though we had like some sad moments or angry moments or whatever. I'm just happy. I'm grateful that it happened, um, just because it just made me who I am today. So, yeah. And anything, anything, obviously that thickens your skin is a good thing, especially if you live through right. it. Right. Right. Exactly. And because um, I've learned that. Like a couple of years ago, my skin wasn't as thick mm-hmm. as it is now. I honestly believe it can be thicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but things that happen now, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, it doesn't bother you as much as it would have right. like four years ago. Yeah. Um, but um, that's that's cool because it's been it's been four years. It was four years since four years this past May mm-hmm. since I graduated college, mm-hmm. and um, that was. Wow, that's crazy because four years, what was it four years ago? No, no, it was. Four years ago was our 10-year reunion, 10-year high school reunion. Yeah, and, um, Jesus, I just yes. went. <laughs> <laughs> well, four, so you graduated 2014. Right, right. So in 2024, that's when you'll have yours. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't know. It was, 
because it was interesting for us because mm-hmm. we and the, the funny thing about it is that mm-hmm. those clicks mm-hmm. they were still there they were oh, still really? created yeah like even though they might have might not have been hanging out these last 10 years at that point yeah but people started hanging around those they were just familiar with mm-hmm. now you can see the the guys who were always the jokesters mm-hmm. uh the pretty girls mm-hmm. you know the, the guys that got all the girls and gotcha it was just it just naturally happened that way. Yeah. Um, Did but, you have fun at least, though? Nope. <laughs> oh, wow. Nope. Really? I didn't. And and I guess that was the depressing part about it. Because like I said, high school was... Mm-hmm. It was just high school. <laughs> just high school. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, for some people, high school is everything to them. So mm-hmm. once high school ends, it's that big question mark. Like, what do I do now? Right. Um. So going back to so mm-hmm. the scholarship that you had that was a four four years yeah four four years how did you feel about like initially like, did you have any like man I'm about to give this up I don't want to do it no it wasn't no because it was just like you know I can get another one or whatnot but I didn't realize I didn't realize the importance of it mm-hmm. until after the situation happened yeah and I was like. Dang it, could have had me, like, could have been in school, could have enjoyed the college life, you know, could have experienced <laughs> everything. Um, that I guess that just wasn't my path, so. Yeah. Which What school was it going to be? Uh, Shorty University. It's a private college, actually. Oh, so. nice. Yep. Was that, was that here in Georgia? Uh, yeah, Rome, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yep. So you're going to be out there next year. Um, was it UGA? Mm-mm. Athens, sorry. That's, That's Athens. Athens. Yeah. It's up there by, like, kind of close to... Um, What's that school called? It started with Y-U-Youth uh, something. I don't know. I can't uh-huh. remember. Um, but it's it's out there. It's up it's up north. Yeah. So you would have been... How far would you have been away from home? Three and a half hours. Basically, I ain't too yeah. bad, yeah. Yeah, Basically, you travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would have been used to... Well, you would have been exposed to it earlier. Right. So it would have been fine. But yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It was nice out there, too. But... It's okay. <laughs> so you did. So you did visit the campus. Yeah. Oh, like uh, it was. I was literally going that day of, and then somebody said, "Hey, why are you doing this? You know, you about to get married in a couple of months. So like, why are you like about to go to college?" Yeah. And I'm just like, "Huh? You're right. Because if I get married, I can't just really stay. You know, because mm-hmm. you're gonna get stationed somewhere else. So yeah. That's when I decided. Like the day I was there, like with my stuff and tow. At the college, like about to move in, mm. and I was just like, just turn around, came back home. Oh man, I, I know you got a lot of people saying, "Girl, why you do this?" Like I, a lot yeah. of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, you live and learn. Lessons, lesson learned. You know. Yeah, they. Um, I had um, my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. came here to visit me. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived in Texas, and. Around that time, mm-hmm. I think I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, when I was in high school. Oh, I thought you mean like. Oh no! Oh, no, gotcha. No, no that, <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. Uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I was young, mm-hmm. and I was just so into her, and she was actually going out looking for colleges. Mm-hmm. And one of the colleges that she considered was, you know, it was um, Georgia Southern, and. Possibly Augusta University at the time. Mm-hmm. I think they still because she was a volleyball player. Got it. Okay. So she would have ended up getting a volleyball scholarship. Gotcha. I think she, I think she was getting one because they she was she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when she came here, she came here to visit, 
Um, then she left. So mm-hmm. she was like, okay, so, you know, since I came to see you, your turn to come see me. Right. So I was like, okay. At that time, I was supposed to be looking for colleges, but I mm-hmm. wasn't. So I went to go see her, and that was the summer we actually broke up. Oh. And it sucked because we broke up while I was there, and I had a week left. Oh. So I had to stay there while we were broken up, which was the weirdest thing in Jesus, the world. Jesus, that's crazy. So I, I think her mom knew. Cause we were staying. Obviously, she was at home, so we stayed at her mom. And I think her mom knew yeah. something wasn't right. Uh-huh. But I don't think she knew we had broken up. So, Jesus. and that that was the weirdest week of your life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how's how's this gonna work? Cause my I was on taking a Greyhound, mm-hmm. so I was like, I have to wait till my bus comes. Mm-hmm. I can't just leave. Gotcha. So yeah, it was a whole bunch of mess. Huh. And then ten years later. Mm-hmm. Never contacted her within a decade, probably maybe one time mm-hmm. via phone call. Yeah. Um, but she ended up texting me. Mm-hmm. And we need to change your number. You got this whole number. Like, well, same yeah. number for yeah. two Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've heard people that, uh-huh. I, well, a lot of, a lot of, sorry, a uh-huh. lot of women uh-huh. end up changing their phone numbers yeah. like five or six times. <laughs> but I said, no. And I thought about it. I said, I never changed my number. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she, <laughs> she, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, um, definitely would have been. <laughs> yeah, but she, she texted me, and then I thought that was God's sign saying that we needed to be together. So mm-hmm. I went full in, but I totally disregarded that we had grown mm-hmm. in ten years, which right. meant that we had to catch up. Uh-huh. And where we were was two different places. Right. So. It's funny. Mm-hmm. She ended up coming to visit me mm-hmm. like she did in high school. Yeah, and she was like, me. yeah. <laughs> it, was- <laughs> it was your turn to break up with her? Oh. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> because I realized she couldn't give me. What you needed at the time. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and psychologically, she couldn't assist me mm-hmm. the way some uh, one of my fiance does. Right. So I was like, this it's not gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but I am personally glad that you have gotten to um, to this point yes, in your life. Most and definitely. Seeing that you're moving up. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely well, not the girl who I was two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went through a you went through a lot. Yeah. In the last four years. Yeah. I went through a lot, and um, we're living in an age where. Most people are experiencing um, depression and anxiety mm-hmm. a lot more to the point where it's something that's easy to spot, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are open to talking about it. And I didn't know that I had experienced that until mm-hmm. after the fact because sometimes mm-hmm. stuff happens and we don't want to label it that way. It's like no, it's right, not. Right. It's not that extreme, mm-hmm. but sometimes that's what it is. Right. Um, and I was actually depressed before mm-hmm. um, my ex-girlfriend had called and texted me. Mm-hmm. Um, but hearing how um, so much can happen to somebody and you're like, how, is, how are you able to mm-hmm. hold all of this together yeah. and maintain? Right. Like I, was, I was actually um, depressed um, until about, uh, what's this month, October? I was saying to about um, June or July. Honestly, um, even though I kept going and try to like, you know, continue to live my life and everything, I was just honestly depressed because I was just not, like I was asking myself like, why did it happen? And, you know, what did I do wrong in the situation? Um, 
and just trying to figure out where to go from there. And the only thing I was really lacking was God, just because I wasn't going to church like I used to mm-hmm. and everything. So once I started going to church and everything, I started feeling, I feel like I start becoming myself again, yeah. but just a better version, like a 2.0. A yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been a journey so far. Mm-hmm. It's been definitely quite a journey so far. So what are your plans for um, now that you've been promoted? Mm-hmm. What direction do you plan on going from this point on? Uh, my plans. My plans was to become a store manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm basically a system manager now. But uh, no, I think I want to go like the business route and just become a business rep. Uh, well, it will be for T-Mobile because, you know, Sprint and T-Mobile combining. So. Oh, wow. Um, so basically be a, um, a business rep, like just go out to different businesses and have them sign up, you know, for yeah. Sprint and whatnot. So. Will you be traveling a lot? Yeah. And you looking forward to that? Yeah, just because I can make my own schedule. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> I don't have to be stuck in a building 24-7. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Will you be able to see your, your family as frequently as you would like or... I guess they... I see them too much now. <laughs> I just oh, like really? <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I definitely can um yeah, I definitely be able to see them, you know, make my own hours. I won't have to worry about like, cuz like now I have to, if I have to be working at 9:30, I get up at 6 o'clock and leave my house by 6:20 to get there by 9:30. And so if I'm closing the store, the store closes at 8 o'clock, I don't get home until about 11 or 12. And so I have no time to do anything. I have no life right now, so it's like, you know, Come work, eat, shower, sleep, and then it's the same thing all over again. Yeah, yeah, just because I like my sleep and I won't like to mm-hmm. go to sleep late and I have to get right back up early in the morning. So yeah, but yeah. Now would you? Now would you look at this as a as a season that um like okay this is what I have to do now but mm-hmm. eventually it won't be like this. Right? Yeah, I had to um step out because I was working in Augusta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to get promoted, and I didn't want to stay in my same position. So the only thing, the only choice I had was to, um, you know, take the opportunity and just move out. Well, commute there yeah. until something else comes along. So I, I did it for the opportunity. That um, that is a an exact metaphor um, for life, mm-hmm. and the reason being is because we can get so comfortable and complacent where right. we are. Right. But if we want to grow, we have to experience that yeah. discomfort. Exactly. And um, it hurts, mm-hmm. and it's taxing mm-hmm. on yeah. all you know all all levels. Yeah. But you you have a goal in mind, and you're looking mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, right. Whenever something goes uncontrollably wrong, and we're like, "Man, why am I here at mm-hmm. this point?" Right. Um. I always say about the uh, reference Jesus's process because mm-hmm. he died on Friday, but he rose on Sunday. Right. But, but if you focus on Sunday, then Friday won't matter. Mm-hmm. As, as as painful and as spiteful as it appears, right. you know that this is what I have to do. Because mm-hmm. yo, I trust me. I know I I know how it feels mm-hmm. when you want sleep. Like sleep is everything to you. Yes. Like sleeping, <laughs> napping, it right. don't matter. You just can I just close my eyes but for like ten? Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that, because it's funny, because when you're young, like you just, you don't, you don't really care. Like yeah. I get it when I get it, right? Because you can just pop up mm-hmm. and just do whatever. But now it's like, yo, it's it's a major part of my life. That's definitely true. 
And um, definitely personally. <laughs> so, um, but I was it. When did your when did this new schedule start for you? Um, July. For about the last, okay. <laughs> so do you <laughs> do you still find it? Was it? Do you still find yourself in an adjustment period, or have you gotten every like, day used is to adjustment? It? No, every day is adjustment. <laughs> um, getting used to the drive because I'm very I'm an impatient person. Mm-hmm. Um, so just gotta like drive all the way till I get to my destination. It's like ah. Um, but now I just kind of throw myself into music and just sometimes I'm like, oh, how did I get here? You know. But other than that, just the sleep thing, you know. Like, having to drive back late at night mm-hmm. is an adjustment. Like, it just, I don't know. Like, I just begin so sleeping down the road. But, you know, I just blast the air and give me an energy drink and just, you know, head on to the house. Yeah, have you fallen asleep at the wheel yet? No, but I have spaced out. And I, like, not, like, physically sleep, but yeah. mind, you know how your mind go to sleep? Mm-hmm. And just, like, oh, like, how did I get here? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've definitely done that a couple of times. But, yeah. That um that happens to me every single time mm-hmm. when I'm passing Harlem. Yeah. It never fails. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Something about that lake area then I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> Boring, just mm. trees. And there would have been many times where I, my eyes actually closed and my car drifted to the side. Mm. But the weird thing about it is that mm. every single time it happens, mm-hmm. there's space over there like I never hit a car yeah and um the first first year Mm -hmm. that was my first year and a half that was an adjustment for me yeah uh yeah because um when I was working at Target before college Mm -hmm. I would commute Mm -hmm. in the evening Mm -hmm. so I already got my rest and everything I needed so I could just drive to work and just drive back right that night Mm -hmm. um only thing I hated of course was Saturday mornings I had to be there at 8 I'm like I do not want to (laughs) wake up have to do that right right um but um yeah that was that was the, one of the roughest experiences i had because that means that if i want to be up at this time i mean i gotta go to bed mm-hmm. and um you're trying to fit your life yeah you inside know? those little four or five hours that you have to yourself yeah so. yeah definitely understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't want to no. If I, I'm looking forward to where I can go, either go in later, mm-hmm. probably get off at the same time, but I just, because I don't, do you drink coffee? Um, only cold coffee. Can't drink warm coffee. Yo, I'm, that's, I'm the same way. Yeah. And it, the, the less it tastes like coffee, the better. Uh, see, I don't have a problem with the taste of coffee. It just, whenever I drink warm coffee, it makes me dizzy, which is weird. But when I drink mm-hmm. it cold, I don't have that. Oh, wow. So it's weird. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I never um, heard that before. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, years ago, mm-hmm. when I was little, um, mom, when she would get in the car and she would get ready to go to school, mm-hmm. she always had a cup mm-hmm. in the front. And I knew I wasn't supposed to drink out of it because it's her cup. Yeah. But when I drank that at that time, it was uh, coffee. Uh-huh. And from that point on, I hated it. <laughs> so that's why I don't drink it. I, I can't stand it because really? I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I was expecting maybe some juice, juice. or some yeah, soda. That's what you get. And, um, but that's, that's the reason why I don't like coffee. Mm, that's crazy. So, um, so in reference to you and your sister who's obviously older than you, mm-hmm. now that you're at this point in your life, mm-hmm. when you all, do you see yourself or does she see you differently now that you've gotten older? Do you all, do you still have that? 
Mm-mm, I see her differently. You're just like, ah, like, you won't thought, like, years ago you would be in this position today. Yeah. So it's just, like, weird. Like, not weird in a bad way, but just, like, you just you never expected it. You know, expected it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's how it is. And do y'all, do y'all communicate, like, oh, how's you all's family dynamic? Are y'all close or do y'all? Well, I, th- I feel like we're closer now um, mm-hmm. than when we were younger. We're definitely closer now. Um, it's easier to talk to uh, individuals without feeling like you're going to get in trouble. Or yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, worrying about what people got to say. So, yeah, it's definitely um, different. It's, def- it's a good difference. So. And I, yeah. I, I realize that with siblings, that mm-hmm. I think that's that's typical. Cause, yeah, go closer when yeah. we get older. Because <laughs> when we were younger, man, like... Come stand each other. <laughs> well, I, I loved... I always loved my sisters, but mm-hmm. I was... I never really realized how they view me. Mm-hmm. It's like a five or six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And when you're a brother and you're the youngest uh-huh. and you want to play with your siblings, you're annoying. Yeah. So <laughs> I couldn't... I didn't see it that way, but yeah. they did. Yeah. So I understood why they wanted to gotcha. stay in my room. But now that we're older, and even with my sisters, they they talk more now, mm-hmm. obviously, than when they did when they were younger. Right. Um, because Tasha, she was the oldest, which means the mom left. She was in charge. Mm-hmm. So it was that dynamic. Right. Um, but now that the oh, adult women, yeah, yeah. Like you can you can talk, you can have certain conversations, yeah. you can relate right. to certain things. Right. Um, but um, when you when you did tell me mm-hmm. that. Uh, where you were currently mm-hmm. in life and where you were working, right? I was I was very very ex- excited. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that means you're you're moving on yeah. and you're uh, obviously you, you're you're getting you're getting more experience in mm-hmm. life. And um, because when I m- met you, you weren't you were still in high school. Yeah, and Dang, um, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so when you and when you're high school, obviously you looked at you looked at yeah. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And even now, right. from older people, like for now, me being 32, people uh-huh. still look at me as a kid, especially yeah. when you're older. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much older I was getting until I started referring to 20-year-olds as kids. Uh-huh. Because they, they do everything that's hip now, and uh-huh. they have certain... Like, I, I just yeah. found out what sauce meant. Oh, God. Yeah. You ain't that old, though, to like <laughs> not know what that means. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, what is sauce? And like, all that style, that swag. And I was like, oh, well... <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh god. I didn't know that. Um but um but yeah, because I know that a lot like I said, a lot has happened and it's mm-hmm. like you were did you with the friends that you did have, did you find yourself separating from them in order for you to get to where you are now? Because Yeah. I call yeah. I shut everybody out, like everybody, like friends that I made when I was in that situation didn't talk to them just because they was by association. Yeah. I I was just like, nah, I don't want anything that's going to remind me. So I cut the family off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's what I thought. I, well, that's what I did need. I thought that's what I need to heal. Properly yeah. heal. And I didn't need anything to remind me of that situation. So mm-hmm. that's why I threw myself into my work. And I, well, I actually stayed in Washington for a year. Um, just because I, I didn't want to be like, um, come back home and depend on my family. I want to know that I can make it on my own without anybody helping me, you know. And so that's what I did. And, you know, Washington is not cheap. It's yeah. hella expensive out there. <laughs> so I did it. Got me an apartment. We're paying $1,600 a month. 
um, and rent alone, just without water and all that. Um, and I made it, you know. And so when I decided, I found out, like, no, I thought to myself, it's finally time for me to come home so I can be surrounded by family. Um, so I came back, bought a house, and been here. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna be out here. Like, this is not like this is not my resting place. Like I'm gonna go. I'm a venture. Yeah. Yeah. I just came back here just to you know to get back grounded, and then you know I'm gonna take off again. There was a I forgot who this person was. She was being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it? It wasn't Amanda Seals. She's a um, Amanda says she's a comedian, mm-hmm. and uh, she's actually biracial. I think she's black and something else. Um, mm-hmm. Really funny, very yeah. intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody said, and she, they were talking, they were referencing men, mm-hmm. and, and this during this this uh, elongated age of a woman independency, mm-hmm. and it was like, um, I hope y'all understand that mm-hmm. we don't need you. Mm-hmm. Like we we want you, but right. we don't need you right. because you all are put you all are advancing since like the fifties and the forties right. Right. Um, to the point where you can make your own money, you can exactly. make your own decisions. Right. And you said something that, which is really messed up. Mm-hmm. Fifty years ago, mm-hmm. a woman wouldn't have said, "Yo, I, so I decided to come back down by my mm-hmm. own house and yada yada yada." You're like, "What? Mm-hmm. Buy your own house, make your own decisions?" Yeah, you know who, who does that? What woman <laughs> right. does that? Right. Um, but it's it's encouraging to hear that mm-hmm. because you didn't do that obviously mm-hmm. like to just prove a point. You're right. Like, this is the decision that I want to make for myself. Right. And you've progressed from that. Right. And um. I think that's very encouraging because a lot of people who find themselves at the rock bottom of a situation would probably mm-hmm. give up on themselves yeah. <laughs> and find dependency on somebody else, mm-hmm. uh, preferably family members right. or even a worse, even more worse situation right. um, where you probably couldn't pull yourself out of. True. Um, but it just, it pleases me that mm-hmm. you went through that and you say, okay. And there was a quote that said, um, uh, of course we have... A hundred percent that encompasses our lives. Ten percent mm-hmm. is the things that happen. Ninety mm-hmm. percent is how we react to it. Mm-hmm. And you reacted to what you went through, and then you like, I'm not gonna let it define me. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be a victim. Right. And I'm not gonna let uh, this um, dictate wherever I'm going. Right. So I'm gonna get back on this road, or even get on the road that I probably initially was supposed to be on, mm-hmm. and just keep going. Right. And um, that's that's pretty encouraging. <laughs> and um, and I and I try to and I and I tell I I didn't realize this until a couple of years ago. To be as a man, to mm-hmm. be wanted, mm-hmm. is the highest privilege because mm-hmm. when you're needed, mm-hmm. that means that people have to make space for you. Right. And um, but when you are wanted, that means they're willing to make this gap right. in their lives right. so that you can fit in. Right. And if you're not there, that's fine. That gap will close. I'll fill it up with something else, and I'll keep going. Exactly. And it, and I'm really understanding that more mm-hmm. and more. Uh, the more women express that a lot more in relation. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to you all and you do interviews, and one thing that bothers me is mm-hmm. the one question you all are always asked, mm-hmm. who you dating when you get married, when you have <laughs> kids. And it's yes. like, well, I'm just, you're just not there yet. Right. And... When it happens, it happens. Right. But until then, I'm just going to live my life. I live my best life. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm realizing that's like the the, the modern anthem right now is living mm-hmm. your best life. Right. And even if it doesn't include um, 
a man yeah or whatever or whatever the situation yeah. is like you're, you you can sit back and tell someone like i'm, I'm good right I'm like fine. i'm happy you know yeah so yeah definitely get it hmm. yeah. uh i forgot i was about to say something um it was in relation to that <laughs> living my best life yeah i forgot Oh, <laughs> your mind is running. And yeah, running. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah, we got about two minutes left, so mm-hmm. I wanted to. Um, I guess I ask you this, mm-hmm. or be two questions. Uh, first mm-hmm. question is, if you were able to speak to somebody who was in your position, mm-hmm. fresh out of high school or even in high school, who mm-hmm. do have similar plans of doing a, something that is in relation to their passion, mm-hmm. what would you? Tell them based off what you've learned in reference to yourself. I will honestly say just do what makes you happy. You know, even if you're not sure what path you want to follow or take, just get up and try to do something. That's I mean, that's all I would say. Yeah. Huh? Um, and I guess the uh, I that's pretty <laughs> yeah. simple, but it's straight to the point. Yeah, like I mean, cause it you can say so much stuff, people really not gonna like get it. You know, they have to really learn from experience. So I can say a lot, but, you know, it's up to them. You just really have, even though it's so, it's so cliche, you really just have to follow your own path. You learn from your own lessons, you know, yeah. so. And everybody's going to have a different path. It's not going to be like what people expect you to take, you know. You know, that's what makes us unique because not everybody's the same. Not everybody's path is the same, so. Yep. That was a uh, famous radio host. I've never heard of her before, but mm-hmm. apparently she's pretty well known. Mm-hmm. She um, she was doing very well, mm-hmm. like very well financially. But it, the job, her position was just causing so much stress. Mm-hmm. So she decided to quit. Mm-hmm. And listening to her and the, listening to the numbers, she like, why did you quit? Mm-hmm. That was a good, solid job. Right. And but she's like, I want to be happy, yeah. because it was weighing it was weighing down on her. Uh-huh. So I need to make a decision so that I don't feel this way every single day because right. I want to live my life. Right. So she said, I'm done with that. And she's decided to do something else of her own. Mm-hmm. And when she was doing the video, mm-hmm. she was smiling the entire time. Yeah. You know, for somebody from the outside, yeah, you're like in cringing, like you quit that job, yeah, really. <laughs> but that's that's what she wants to do. She's like, I right. want to be happy. Right. And. I'm relation to some relationships I had in the past. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy. Yeah, I wasn't happy at all. And sometimes a lot of people put that upon the woman. The, wo- the woman, like, mm-hmm. are you happy? Or is it, but yeah. if you ask him, is he happy? Right. You know, and both parties deserve to be happy. Exactly. Uh, but it just sometimes sucks about how that goes about being figured out. Right. It does. It definitely does. Being a part of. Um, somebody's learning curve it is not the most comfortable thing um because some some girls and women have been a part of buying and i mm-hmm. it's it sucks because you end up having to push people to the wayside mm-hmm. and they're like i didn't ask for this right and you're like no you didn't but when you're a child when you're young mm-hmm. you don't care about that right you just well, i want to get what i want right now mm-hmm. but um, the older you get, the more you realize that there's weight to what I say, there's right. weight to what I do, right. and you're more conscious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to be happy, yeah. and and that's 
that I think that's everybody's primary anthem, no matter what yeah. position you were in. Like I'm happy right now, but I, I I like a little more happiness, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a little more happiness, but I'm definitely happy where I'm at in life right now. That's definitely good. happy. Yeah. So I guess the last question would be the question I usually ask uh-huh. is, um, what would you say is the glory in your story? Me overcoming everything that like beating the odds and figuring out. Who the woman I am. That's it. I will say. Hmm. I will say. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but for those of you who are listening, this is again episode thirty-nine of Glory in Our Stories with Miss Tia Moss. Mm-hmm.